0: you have the product manager that is becoming this the most important role across this wave of saucification
1: welcome back to product table podcast we are exploring ways how to get in product management discover strategies techniques and tools that help us to become a better product manager today i am delighted to have Niels jans who is a book author founder of Deliber and board member of Storytel. Welcome to the show, Nils. How are you doing today?
0: Thank you so much, Elvis. I'm doing great. How are you doing?
1: I'm perfect. Uh, it's, it's snow in Riga. Where are you calling us from today?
0: Uh, I'm from Stockholm. I have uh, lots of snow outside my window as well. So it's very nice.
1: So we should go skiing for sure, right?
0: <laughs> yes, let's do it.
1: Yeah. Okay, amazing, you're an incredible person and actually before even we jump to all the conversations on the topic why the product manager career is really trendy now, I would like to ask you what are your top three apps that you are currently using in your daily life during the lockdown?
0: Uh, yeah, so apart from liber, of course, I think uh, what we're doing now closely resembles what I do, so a lot of uh, Zoom and Calendly, I guess it's a combination, it's been fantastic for being, being productive uh, and having uh, all of the relevant meetings slotted, slotted in, and then also Slack to just keep up to date with what's happening in the company.
1: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Calendly is something that I recently also found very valuable, especially when you need to record some episodes or having those intro calls with members or team members, because sometimes your Google calendar is not so reflected up to date. And, uh, you know, there are also also personal time that needs to be taken interesting and as as you know, this podcast is mostly about product management and product managers. What those two letters stand for you p m what do you what what is the first association that you get into your head?
0: yeah, I, I think about the product manager as a, i mean, I think it's a really exciting role, but I think about it as the person that uh, sits the mediates between the marketing organization and the sales and customer support on one hand and developers and designers on the other hand. So the person that's in the, in the, the spider in the net for the uh, SaaS companies I would say.
1: Interesting. I recently have found some, some new articles also that, you know, uh, there are those Venn diagrams, like those three quadrants. And many, many companies are trying to put this fourth quadrant, which is all about the growth, product growth. But it's, uh, I think this is totally something that came recently to the product management and like still continues to ex- explore new ways and, and uh, how it could potentially save or how it could describe product management in a good sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think the the growth um, the growth aspect of a product management to me it has very much to do with. A combination of being uh, data driven when it comes to marketing uh, and uh, and how things cascade through the marketing funnel. I mean now I'm talking with the old the old language that, that I know from previously but I think it if you're if you come from the old business world and want to understand what is this thing with growth product managers I think the easiest way to think about it is to think about that somebody who works across the marketing funnel from awareness consideration and all all those steps and is very data driven about it and adapts the steps uh, of the product to improve each step of the funnel. I think that's the easiest way to to pick up on it and I think it's a, a really powerful way to work.
1: Yeah, and and we have additional, you know, job label, uh, marketing product manager. Yeah, so it's it's something new. I mean, I have seen uh, already in Latvia that some companies are searching for this person. I know that US are searching a lot, like also our neighbors in in Russia. Big companies are searching for it, and I, I believe also the Sweden. I saw Spotify is actually also searching a lot of these people. So it's interesting how you know PM as a one word has transformed to different different roles and subdivisions into business. So regarding the business, right? What, what fascinated me during like all the preparation is that you're the person who has spent almost six years at one of the global greatest management consulting companies, McKinsey & Company, as an engagement manager. So to me, I was not even aware who is engagement manager, right? So maybe you can tell us a little bit about your story at, at, that, at that moment.
0: Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no, so, so the engagement manager, the, the title is, uh, it basically means project manager, but they, every project is called an engagement, so, so it becomes engagement manager. But, and so it basically means that you work together with the partner that, that uh, uh, agrees with the, the customer or the client, that it's called, what, what the project is going to be about and then you work together with the consultants and experts and the people at the client that are involved to solve the problem that you're, you're there to solve. So that's, that's what engagement manager means. And I mean, I was there for, for six years. It's a really long time. One thing that was a little bit on purpose was that I, di- I didn't have a focus So I worked across all industries, across all functions and across all geographies. So I traveled uh, all over the world and got to see a lot of different facets and aspects of basically all aspects of business so I, I thought it was a super good experience and uh, I got to travel a lot so that, that was good and I also I think you you learn a lot and I think you have fantastic colleagues a lot of my best friends are from there now that I, I got to know there but of course the the downside is uh, that there's it's a quite high workload so so you have to be be prepared for that and so yeah that, that's always the balance but looking back I think it was a really well spent time and I learned a lot
1: have you experienced a lot of jet lags? Like while, while traveling, you know, you need to adapt to new time zones, etc. Yeah, yeah,
0: a bit. I mean, luckily not that much actually, because I would go and I would stay for probably two weeks and then go back. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I didn't suffer so bad from jet lags actually, but mm-hmm. I know a lot, lots of people had problems with it. <laughs> I like and- flying actually.
1: Yeah, and especially during a lockdown, we—I think—we all missing now the flying experience, and this is something. Yeah,
0: tell me about this.
1: Yeah, that's true. Again, interesting that you had this experience, knowing different businesses, knowing different problems, and actually, my question: Have you found the problem that Deliber currently solves during your years at McKinsey?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I did, but but it was a really long. Uh, Way around it. One thing that I found at McKinsey was that one of the one of the ways that that was most helpful was to come in and facilitate structured discussion. So uh, there would be a, a, a meeting with uh, a number of executives or managers or, or pe- people at the company that we were helping and they would come with different perspectives and they would tell their perspective and then the next person would tell their perspective and then they would uh, would typically be some discussion and, and often I would find that one of the things that was most helpful was just to sit there and listen and then replay and say okay so you're saying that this is one option and this is another option the arguments for it for this option is this and that and the arguments against that is this and that and it seems like you're quite hesitant about this aspect and then hand it back over and they're like yes 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 and then so it's kind of almost like being like coming in and doing facilitated collaboration and and structuring the the discussion was, was one of the things that I found was really helpful so coming out of McKinsey I thought it wasn't this can't be that hard maybe I should just make an app that helps people have structured discussions then I also uh, I am um, in in my travels. I I, I traveled a lot, um, both to the top democratic countries in the world and to some of the least democratic countries in the world. And so I, I developed this. I'm really passionate about democracy. And in and so there was this this parallel development that happened. That I mean. Relative to other countries, Sweden, Swedish democracy is quite good I think, but but still not so good. <laughs> so I, I, there was always these political discussions where one party leader would say, say a bunch of stuff and the other party leader would say a bunch of stuff and they would listen to each other. And I would be like, couldn't somebody say, okay, so you're saying that this is one thing that we could do and you're saying that this is another thing that we could do and you're saying that the pros and cons are this? How do you think about the pros that he's saying and like structure that discussion? It would be so much better. So I was like why don't I just make an app uh, that can help them have a structured discussion. So I, I developed a, an app for that, that basically allowed the users to ask a question, that different uh, options and then add pros and cons and then you could rate the options and pros and cons. And I thought, fantastic! Now this this will be improve democracy all over the world. It will be fantastic. I also had the idea that this is this would also help business because it will be helpful for everybody. Now let's go. Yeah. This will be fantastic. So I went to to. It's called Almedalen. It's a, it's political. It's basically a week where all the political entities in Sweden meet and have discussions. So I went there and I thought I introduced it and I said this is going to be fantastic. I was very naive. Uh, and what I found out was that they were not really interested in having a structured discussion. They just wanted to. Tout party line and basically make the other person look bad and and get the point across and make sure that some journalist wrote about it or something like this. Mm-hmm. So I just I just basically had like a mini depression and I stayed on one of my friends' sofas for like and just did nothing for like a couple of maybe it was one or two months where I was like, oh, this is not going to work at all. But then I pulled pulled myself up and said, okay, wait a minute, this this is still the core idea is still good, and so I changed it and I came back to this business focus and said there there are a lot of businesses that are interested in making good decisions that are well-founded and so forth and so we changed the app a little bit and and started trying to make uh, companies use it. And we had some good, some good success cases where people said this was fantastic, we had a difficult discussion and then the, the app, we used the app and it was so clear what everybody thought and we could make a decision much more easily and stuff like that. So we were really happy but then we had a problem that nobody used it again. And then what we found out that Google, they have a, a great product management, I don't know if you call it the framework or it's like a device, it's like a toothbrush, they call it the toothbrush test. And that is for your. The, the idea is that for your product to really take off, people need to use it as much as a toothbrush and uh, a difficult uh, strategic decision that involves a lot of people, that doesn't happen every day. And so we didn't pass the toothbrush test and that meant that even if people found it useful, uh, the next time uh, such a decision came up, we were not top of mind. So they forgot about it and they ended up using long discussions instead or whatever. So that was a really big problem. So we we had previously made one pivot away from this political to make business decisions and then we, we, we were like this is not working, we have to make something radical. And then we, 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 we started looking at okay what were the use cases that 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 people used this app for. And then we saw I mean there were different types, but we saw that one type of bis- one type of business decision that was really that, that was really one of the best ones was actually in product management. That's and true. they 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 were it, were it were decisions like what what the library or technical library should we use for this uh, implementation or or
1: things like and this. Especially and especially uh, the, this question we asked like to product managers who are like most probably they are not so technically skilled, right? They need to assess this business opportunity of each and every, and then all the discussions with developers uh, has started, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then it's really important for them to just just not be pulled down in this crazy discussion and to be very structured and say, what about this is the question that I want answered what are the options what are the pros and cons and then facilitate it so 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 but but even though they they liked it we still didn't pass the toothbrush, toothbrush test but then we said okay wait a minute what were they doing when they had these discussions and then we found out that they were figuring out how to develop a feature typically and what were they doing that what context were they in when they did that And then we found that they were using typically Google Docs. So they were writing a feature yeah. document, and in the document Technical. the discussion came up. So then favorite, we said, okay, favorite
1: tool, favorite tool for uh, for product managers, I guess, since two thousand something. Uh,
0: most, yeah, exactly. Most of the Deliver's customers used uh, Google Docs before they started using Deliver for writing feature documents. So then we said, okay, let's make it a, a tool for writing feature documents where this fantastic decision making. Uh, app is no longer an app, but just a feature and then when we did that we we had we had a lot of We had a lot of inspiration from Workflowy. It's a great tool I don't know if you know about it where you can, yeah. it, It's a product managers. They want to add a lot of details into feature documents and If they have a normal document like a Google document, there's a risk that it grows and it becomes like 10 pages and if they don't add stuff, then where are they going to have the stuff? Then they need to have lots of different places. So they tend to add it. But the problem with adding it is that you also have stakeholders that you want to bring into the document. And then the stakeholders come in and it's a 10 page document. And they're like, I don't, I don't know what's this. And then too much for them. But if you use an outliner, you can collapse down to only show the relevant parts of the document to the people you're talking to. And so it makes it a lot easier for product managers to uh, work with.
1: I think also another part here is that developers, right, developers are also like most probably not the people who are like to read the commentations by product managers they are trying to squeeze uh, in the short sentences and this is actually like the problem are you solving at deliberate yeah
0: yeah exactly so 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 that was the thing that we then integrated with Jira and we got the developers on board and it it, it made a lot better but uh, but but then if you go back to what where we started and this is the whole democracy democracy thing uh, where we are now is basically we made we made first the retreat to to business decisions and then another retreat into into product management decisions but where we are now is we're we're really working to become the best tool for product managers to write feature documents but then I mean product managers they are the elite among uh, knowledge workers and just like Product managers started with issue track it, tracking systems like Jira, then came Trello, and now everybody is working like a product manager. We think the same thing is going to happen with, with the, the structured way of writing a document and then turning it into to do's and then and working like that. So then we will expand, and then we will bring with it the tool this decision making. And then all the knowledge workers will have this structured approach to making decisions. And then these knowledge workers will demand that their politicians. Who also are more structured in making decisions then they then they know that they when they are at work they say what's the question what are the options what are we trying to decide and then they will demand the same for uh, of their politicians and then we will have safe democracy it will be great
1: you kind of went from the actually not not going directly to the politicians starting from politicians but starting from product managers as a, as a key you know decision takers and makers it's it's fantastic and I mean maybe you can also share some some comp- companies or use cases that have been like used by, by some other companies that are using Deliver, how, how they are finding the value in, in Deliver and have they succeeded in, in the business decisions recently?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the companies that use uh, uh, Deliver the most is uh, Storytel. They have over 200 active users per month. Uh, so they write all their feature documents in Deliver across all their teams. They had before they did that. They had quite an interesting development because they were growing very fast. And in the beginning, it was quite okay because they had very few people in in the, in the development team. But then, at some point, they formalized the product function, and and, uh, and then they started writing documents too. Because it couldn't, everybody that was involved wouldn't be in the room all the time. There's this this rule, the, the two pizza rule. If you can't if you can't share two pizzas, then you need to write it down. Uh, it's an adapt- adapt. Originally, it's, a, it's an Amazon. The team should only be able to share two pizzas, but in this case, it, it, it also has an implication that you need to write things down. So they were they were breaching this, and they needed to write things down. And then everybody was using uh, Google Docs and Confluence, and then they had a lot of Jira tickets, and and then they changed things when it came to Jira. And that, so they had all this. When they started writing down, things down, it was cl- not clear what where the source of truth was, and and they also work. All the product managers worked quite differently. So it was very, for, as a stakeholder, it was very hard to navigate and get transparency, transparency on what, what's really happening with this feature that I'm interested in. And then when when they moved to to deliver, then they had the. Uh, worked with a joint template that, that works in deliver So everybody wrote, they had the same starting point. Product manager can adapt and it shouldn't be a strict thing template, but it's a starting point. And then they would use uh, similar, the same template to start with for all the features. And then in the in the top part of it, it would be uh, things like, what's the problem we're trying to solve? What do we have as a measure of success? How do we know if this is working? Yeah. Who will be involved in this? And so And that's the thing that the, that the stakeholders are most in, in, interested in. And then you collapse the other part. And you can expand and navigate with the document and even if the total document can become quite big you would never be overwhelmed like that. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so, th- so that's, that's how they, they, they worked with that and then they did a survey uh, with everybody at the, um, at the company and they mm-hmm. asked before and after they said uh, they had a statement that was the communication around what is going on in tech has improved in the last months the last month was when delivery was implemented, and then 72% said fully agree, and 17% some, somewhat agree, and only 2% said I don't agree. So overwhelmingly, uh, people said that it, it was a, a, a big improvement in how everybody around the product team could get insight into what's actually going on. And the product managers found it was much easier, and they had to spend a lot less time just to kind of sync what was going.
1: On. You already touched also the story. A story tell example which is great that also deliver is helping and apart from this you have amazing journey also when you start your company deliver and then at one day at one time you just imagine hey i can write a book and teach everyone how to make you know product managers the best out of the best and to starting this conversation i wanted to ask you, you know this question why the product manager role is so trendy currently? Why many people are actually applying to this position? Why the companies are searching for those, you know, people to joining the the companies?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I actually thought a little, I thought a lot about it because, like you said, when when I started, one of the things we did uh, when we developed the product is we we just. I just had to become an expert at product management so we interviewed over 300 product managers to understand how are they working what's their problems uh, uh, where are they coming from what they want to achieve and all these things and uh, I I think why the the the, the product manager is such a hot topic now I think it's actually they can they're kind of riding a wave that's riding a wave on top of that so the first thing I think is this I think it was Mark Andreessen who said software is eating the world. Uh, I think an even more specific. Uh um, version of that is that sauce is eating the world. It's like every company and every aspect of the economy is under a lot of pressure to become saucified. So if you're a product you try to become a software product and if you're a service you try to become software and if you're just if you're just a uh, If you're delivering something that's physical you try to add like a, a software layer on top of it There's a lot of movement in the in the sauce direction where uh, we are now interviewing so many uh, product managers. What's interesting is that we see so many different aspects, it's like everywhere from construction to schools to uh, oil refining, like all the different things that you wouldn't you wouldn't think of as this is this is software as a service. Yes, they are. It's like there are a bunch of software as a service companies that are attacking every little aspect of the economy and trying to figure out how can we make this part of the economy better and more effective using software. And so, so this is an enormous wave that's coming, and there's enormous amount of soft uh, of uh, venture capital coming into it, and enormous amount of companies being started and growing. That's one thing, and then the the, the other thing that's on top of that is that. Software as a service is a very, it's a very particular type of company. It's, you know, in some ways if you study uh, business and economics it's much more like a pure version of what business and economics should be in theory. Because you have so clear data on everything that happens. Much more clear data than almost any type of uh, of company. It becomes very, very stylized almost. And in the middle of this the product manager that is becoming this the most important role across this wave of saucification. And the more the more companies develop around this aspect, the more they figure out that the product manager is really the, the, the core of uh, the whole concept and the way to work. I think what you mentioned before, that now they are they're they looking at product marketing managers and their technical marketing managers and there's product owners splitting it up in different aspects and you could say it's uh, some specializations but what it means is that the, the product manager role is becoming so big and so important yeah. that, that you just you just you just have to have the best people as the product managers because if you don't have the best people in the product manager role you will have a, a mismatch in what the whole software organization is developing versus what the business really needs yeah. and that and that, so there's so there's both a lot of tools and a lot of knowledge being developed, but there's also a really strong pull to, make, to have the absolutely best people make this uh, gap in between. And that's one, like we talked about before, there's this thing that in Silicon Valley now, product managers are being paid higher salaries than even developers, which I think is yeah. uh, quite astounding. So yeah, so so maybe this was a a long way to to long-winded way to answer the question, but I think I think that's that's the core of why the product management role is becoming so hot and so trending right now.
1: I was looking into history, and now like. This year product management will will celebrate uh, na- 90th birthday right as a as a product ma- like management as a field so it's interesting that during those 90 years the accelerating part just just started i think during the lockdown because many companies were forced to rethink the product vision how they are shipping and through the which channels they are shipping and do they, uh, I really like your term that, that you used for, for uh, those product companies that are adjusting to the new way of working in, in their industry. And I, I found really fascinating that you mentioned construction also like, let's say healthcare are becoming more, you know, product, IT product-based than ever. Yeah. It's interesting. It's scaling, you know, it's, it's scaling and not, not sending, but you. A lot of you mentioned the best, the best, we need the best people, right? But we have, again, two problems here. One, we do not have maybe good education in place for product management, or we have good education as a schools, but it's outdated, not not per, you know, 21st century. And the second problem is we have, you know, lack of people who would be interested and this is and and the third layer is actually we we have a lot a lack of best people and what it's interesting your book is speaking about how to be the best right so epic alignment it's a wonderful book i have read it already two two times the summer will be the third for for sure because i think by every single year i i learn something new and Thanks. my question to you is how how does it started for you and what was the writing procedure was it difficult uh, what you enjoyed the most there
0: yeah it was I have to, it was absolutely horrible uh, So, so, <laughs> yeah, so kids, wish, if you, are, if you are planning
1: say... to, yeah if you are planning uh, no, to no. write a book during 2021 then <laughs>
0: no I didn't. So so what, 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 the way it started was we had all these interviews and we had a lot of discussions and so I thought maybe I should start writing a blog. And yeah. then I wrote a, a couple of blog articles, and then we saw that the blog articles were actually... People were coming them, to them and reading them, and then they were signing up, and it seemed like this is this is a good way to, to, to go, so I should write... Maybe I should just take all the blog articles and put them together. Maybe we need a few blog articles at first, but that's kind of how it started. And I thought, oh, I'll pull it up, put it together, it will be not that difficult. But then it completely derailed, and I spent... Five times more time writing the book than I would have expected and yeah, I spent so much time and, and, and then when I when I started to bake it, Basically the, the articles that I had they covered some of the topics and then I felt like wait wait a minute These and these are topics are missing so I had to write some new stuff and then after a while I had like you know the bulk of the book ready and then I felt I need to get a lot of feedback from, from, from really great people. So I, I looked across uh, and about the, the people that I that I liked across the internet and people that I thought were really smart and uh, that I interviewed and I asked, uh, hey, could, could, would you mind giving me feedback on this book? And I did that way too much, I don't, I don't know, I think it was like 10 no more people that came in and gave feedback and every time somebody gave feedback it was like here you have 100 pages of text and they, they, everybody's feedback would be along the lines of yeah yeah this is quite good but why don't you turn it 15 degrees like this <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I would turn it a little bit like this, and I would, t- and every time I would turn it a little bit. If you turn a text, you basically have to rewrite it. So I I rewrote it like maybe three or four times. But then it started to come together. But it, it was a fantastic experience as well. But it was also very painful. I have to admit it. Mm-hmm. But I was really, I was really, really happy when it was done.
1: <laughs> I am curious if you had asked the the product managers question about why they, why do they actually enter the product management itself yeah yeah
0: yeah, absolutely so i mean people come to product management from from different from different angles some people come from having been a developer some people come from having been a designer some people come from let's call it a typical business background maybe they studied marketing or business or finance or something like that Uh, that's actually quite a big group and then some people come from the uh, what you could call like a data uh, uh, side. They they maybe mm-hmm. they were maybe a performance marketer or they were a data analyst and then they go into. And they, they are the ones that typically they come in, you have this growth product manager uh, aspect, they are the ones that come in that angle. So, so you have you have the different different ways in mm-hmm. and there are other ways too, but, but they I think these are the, the the most common ways. And then uh, the reason why people go into product management is because they realize that. Uh, sure, their field is where is of course very important. But mm-hmm. when if you're a developer, you realize that you don't really have full, full the full scope of it. One cool thing with the source company is that you have such a you can look at the whole and really work across all aspects of it the marketing messages need to fit with the feature and the design and everything sticks together and, and when you when, when people are a developer they work in, in one part of this and sometimes they get frustrated with but I actually want to change this I want to, and then the direction that they, they would go is actually becoming a product manager because the product manager spans a much wider part of the whole, the whole spectrum and that's one reason I think it's another I think is true for both uh, Developers and designers—they go go go—understand mm-hmm. more about the business side, but also the business people because they they sit there and they say we should do something like this, and then they just they just need the product manager, and then they they get down prioritized or maybe not, and then to really well, why can't you just do it now? And then they get the really complicated answer. So for them, it's like, but I don't I don't just want to hear the answers; I want to get in there and really figure it out. And then that's why they go into it. But then I also think it's. Uh, it's a matter of now. Nowadays, I think it's a matter of prestige, and actually, mm-hmm. it, it's becoming like a really, really high, high-powered role. The only thing that you have said so far that I was I wouldn't really agree with, is that there's not so much people going to the field i think there's an absolutely enormous amount of uh, people that want to go into product manager
1: i was referring actually to my particular case i'm speaking about latvia on the previous podcast episodes uh, we're like just researching it on linkedin how much like product managers product owners do we have like in latvia and i got like up to like 4k only Right. And this is actually something that gave me think, and then I imagined like, okay, we have business schools, right? I graduated by myself at the business school. I was the only one, actually, person who pursued this product management oh, wow. career. And it's really important that even we we have lack of IT power here locally, right? But we have a sobbing in you know, fresh in this product management that we need to like speak about it. In countries like Sweden, Estonia, Finland, they, they all have one history. They have great companies that be been, been there, huge enterprises, right? I think many people are now comparing Spotify's example, as you know, agile agile working models. What what happened there is actually the people entered the company, they created entered new companies and they created yes. this product culture, right? And this yeah. is important. I think you have interviewed a lot of like people as you mentioned then could you maybe tell what was the one like core uh, skill you saw in all those people
0: i think there are two can i go to two sure even even to three i can limit it to i can limit it to Then i I, I think it all starts with the the rule that was like the precursor to product manager is a requirements gatherer or like a specification uh, responsible there were different different titles for it but basically they were responsible for gathering the requirements from the marketing and then handing them like writing them down and then handing them down to to the developers and the designers and so forth they sat this they sat in this middle part of the big waterfall projects the, the business would say we need this and this and this and then they just handed it over and then they were just this is what we have to do and then they worked on. The, the thing that they did really well was that they, they understood that for this to happen they need to be careful and specify things clearly and, and figure out what's going to be the problem and articulate it and so forth, but the really big thing that that, that they made a mistake and I think the biggest improvement that product managers are, have been doing and that's also been making them this high-powered role is that they are now, they, they are uh, putting themselves in charge and they're saying I'm not a requirements gatherer, (laughs) I will listen to uh, what everybody in the business has to say and then I will look at the numbers and then I will make a priority of what to develop Mm -hmm. next and then i will have a dialogue of course with the rest of the business and articulate why i think this is what we should do next but not being just a requirements gatherer so i yeah. think if there's if there's if there's one thing that that uh, that makes for a good product manager is going beyond this thing about being a requirements gatherer and actually stepping up and uh, and taking responsibility for yeah. what to develop why to do it and 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 making sure that that uh, the developers spend their time in the most effective way. That I think is, is number one. But then I think not na- the, the the flip side of that number two is that is that uh, once that's been done, the product manager still needs to go into the weeds and be aware of the details and make sure that that it actually happens in the way that was that 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 will help the the initial thing that triggered it. I see I see some some product managers that. That take this a little bit too 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 seriously, or, or take it too far, where they just think about the the, the high priority, and then they then and then they 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 let and then they, they don't touch the details, and they don't go into details. This can work mm-hmm. for when you have when you have a lot of a lot of layers, and if you, if you make a split in product manager and product owner, this the product manager can do just the first, and the product owner can do the second. But then you have lots of other problems. I think the best is. is when you can actually make the same person do both things, yes. because then you, you can get all the information, make a decision about what's the, what's the, the, the direction to go or if this is a suggestion, and then actually, with all that knowledge, still be involved when it is being done, and facilitate the discussion and make sure that you still capture the, the solution that will solve the problem. So those two things I think are the most important and then then the second one requires a lot of skills both when it comes to facilitating discussions and getting into nitty-gritty details with designers and developers and kind of understanding just enough to be able to be effective.
1: Yeah. I would even add uh, the third point that that was always like in my mind is like I think the product managers has this empathy, right? Because it's a lot of work with the people, and yes. to to get this, as you as you mentioned correctly, you you need to get in the most effective way, right? Everyone in on the team. So I think this empathy is also something that that good product managers, this is why they are good because they have you know communication skills and they they listen to people, they understand where. Well where are the red flags it's it's wonderful three points i I think as a good product manager what what i found in books recently also reading currently radical candor by kim scott which is also like explaining good example of how google apple culture behaved as a like in manager positions why do you think why it's so hard to say no being as a pm and here i can give you one analogy i had one of the podcast guests in my season number one we were talking about agile and uh, there is this term hypo right highest paid person opinion right what does yes. it mean does it mean that like stakeholders are always right and as a pm you need to not only say yes but you need to say also no why do you think yes. why this is so difficult for pms
0: yeah I, I think it's a super good question i think it comes back to exactly the point about requirements gatherer because mm-hmm. If the PM is just a requirements gatherer, then the stakeholders, the business managers or executives will say we would like to do this and this and this and then they, the PM just requirements gathers this up and then portions it down. And I think that's, the, that's the, the history and to some extent the expectations of people and expectations of organizations that have not matured into this product driven way of thinking. And so I think it's it's very difficult to, to be a product manager in that type of organization and all of a sudden say, you know what, you think I'm a requirements gatherer but I'm not because I think I know what's gonna happen here really and and to be able to make that leap, it's quite a big leap, like you kind of stretch yourself and you uh, stand with the back straight and you puff yourself up and say, hey actually, I know what's gonna happen and you, you make a shift in power in the organization. I think, uh, the, the, to, to make that happen almost not at the product manager level but at the organization level. It's an organizational mm-hmm. change that needs to happen uh, and of course the product manager, each individual product manager can be part of making that change happen and I think, I think that the, the, the most obvious thing to do as a product manager is to... so the first chapter that talks about what product managers should do is called drive towards impact and base it on research. And I think yeah. those two things are what every product manager can do to make that step. Uh, the first one is uh, in driving towards impact. Is that you, you take the whole company perspective, you think about what are the business outcomes that we want to achieve and the, what's the impact we're aiming for. And then you translate that into what's relevant for the users and then what, what features they will need. And you really work with the whole chain and that allows you to come back and say Actually, I don't think that we should change all the buttons to green but instead, we should make sure that we have an onboarding flow or whatever, because we have seen that. And then you need to so you need to have that perspective, and then you need to back it up with research and do both user research. Let's qu- qualitative interviewing people and f- figure things out, but also uh, working with data. So both quantitative and qualitative research to back it up. And if you can mm-hmm. combine those two uh, uh, and say, I think we should do this because of that and you have a strong case then you are you you Uh, you have a chance. I I wouldn't say you automatically succeed because some organizations the hippo culture is really strong but I think if if product managers to the extent that product managers step up and try to do that of course still with empathy and you have to uh, feel your way around it but that's the way I think you can you can work towards becoming the going from being a requirements gatherer to being a a proper product manager. I really like the question about why it's hard to say no
1: and i like the point that you mentioned unless the organization change so they, they try to adapt because here my analogy is uh, i was always like also thinking about ben Horowitz when when all product manag- management bus started he used to say that product manager is actually the same ceo right ceo of the product I think to to build this kind of trust between all the layers in the companies and especially in those enterprises, you need to establish, you know, this trust layer that the product manager and the product management field they actually know. They have this autonomous Development capabilities. So, because they are thinking about the products, they are thinking about the users, right? Of course, there are maybe some some problems, but again, you need to test, test, and and see how it goes. So it's it's been interesting to talk with you today. I wanted to ask if there is something currently on your bookshelf or any channels or people that you are following to in product management or in overall in life.
0: I was gonna say something else, but based yeah, on our sure. discussion now, I'm actually a little bit inspired to to say something else. So, so I really like the the, the your comment about the CEO of the product, and I think it's. Yeah. I mean, the, the way to think about it is that the the product manager is not the CEO of a product, but the, the, but, but they they should really have like a CEO mindset and, and find a really. It, 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 the best product manager find a great balance of having the CEO mindset but still knowing that they work within one product that fits into the whole puzzle. Uh, yeah. but, but related to this I think there's a, a great uh, quote that is always think of your st- yourself as one step above your current pay grade. Because the best, the best way as a manager when you work with somebody and they th- the natural thing for everybody is to think about themselves in their role. But Mm -hmm. when they think about one step above, then they start to see the connections to what else is happening. And that allows them to, when they speak to their manager, they can then not only understand their own job, like, you told me to do this, so I'll, I'll do it. And now I come to you and I say, I did it. But yeah. if, I, if I think of, of myself as one step above, then I will say, you told me to do this, but I also know that these guys are working with that and I know that you're thinking about how that connects. So maybe I can help you with uh, working with them for this or, or whatever. You're like It allows you to take one step up. And I think, I think back to this going from requirements gatherer to, to, to product manager, a part of that is to think of yourself as one step above your pay grade and what is that? I don't know if it's the CEO, but let's pretend. And then I think, then I think one resource that I think could be really, really good for, for product managers uh, to listen to is... Uh, there's a podcast that I listen to quite a lot. It's called The, the SaaS Podcast with Omer mm-hmm. Khan. And he takes a lot of SaaS company examples and he goes through what happened in them and what, what was the problem. I don't know, have you heard it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I've been listening. to uh, Actually, started last November.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, th- then you know it, and and it's it's really good because I think if a product manager listens to that then they get into the whole feeling about how yeah. all the different parts of the sauce company links together and that will allow them to kind of step out of their role and really be able to think we're doing this but what's really the point here for the whole business and that will allow them to articulate the business case and, and start to argue for why they should do different things and eventually get to the point where everybody accepts that they are the ones that will suggest the direction for the mm-hmm. product and so forth. I'll limit myself to to one. So that that would be my suggestion to product managers.
1: Thanks Nils, we we had an amazing conversation so today with with us Nils Jens one of the and and only one the founder of Deliber also book author of Epic Alignment and of course board member of Storytel thanks uh, Nils for joining and I can tell that we have also upcoming episode with you about interesting topic for all product managers all most most painful things for the product managers user stories
0: yeah we'll talk about that next time thanks Elvis thanks so much for the call I had a great time